And a warm welcome to Thursday's programme. To yourselves, are you well? This Thursday, it's a grim old Thursday. Oop North, it is uh, the 23rd of September, 2021. I'm your BBG. Let's do something a little bit unexpected today. Just a little bit unexpected. Don't get too excited now at all, at all. You're listening to the saviour of independent media, Richie Allen. It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yeah, now because the old phone-in didn't last too long yesterday, let's do another phone-in today. Why not, eh? Beavering away I've been this afternoon. I've got some really interesting news items for you to discuss we'll do that and when I've done that I'm going to open the phone and the Skype again why not I can do whatever I want it just occurred to me this morning chief cook bottle washer porter nanny doorman I'm the whole bloody shebang here so yes I'll take your calls a little bit later on and we'll have more time than yesterday if you did call me yesterday and got through don't call again today or I'll kick the arse off you. Yeah, the old theme tune there. Right, you can comment on the programme as it goes, as you know, by going to the website richieallen.co.uk. Here's a tip for all broadcasters. Hang on. Don't eat a digestive biscuit within two hours of going on air. I did, about an hour ago. I had a digestive biscuit for my dessert. And it's some of the grains of the biscuit have stuck in my throat. Hang on, hang on. Ah, ishkebaha. Lovely, it isn't whiskey. Nice, nice drop of water there. RichieAllen.co.uk To comment as I chat with you, go to comment live. Yes, and leave your comments right there. Lovely. Nice, nice, nice. Other than the weather being a bit crap, it's been a decent day today. Got a few things done. Phoning, oh yeah. I won't be taking calls right now, but here's all the information you'll need in around about 40 minutes' time. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Brilliant, but not right now. When I tell you, okay, I'll give you a, a signal and you can call in. So COVID 19 will eventually, eventually be like a cold according to some people today, including Professor Sir John Bell, the Regis Professor of Medicine at Oxford University. Now, just in case you don't know who John Bell is, he's the guy who earlier in the year, when appearing on Channel 4 News, told John Snow, a little bit of a slip of the tongue, that the vaccines would make people sterile. Now, he didn't mean to say that, but he did say it. If you don't believe me, you'll find the video online. Anyway, he's back and he says, this Oxford Uni guy, the virus could resemble the common cold by spring next year as people's immunity to the virus is boosted by vaccines and by exposure. Now, he was appearing on Times Radio and he was asked about comments made by Sarah Gilbert, Dame Sarah Gilbert, if you please, 
the woman most responsible for the AstraZeneca Oxford vaccine. Or jab. Because at the weekend, she said that very thing, that it could be like the cold early next year. What did he make of that? Well, as I said, he was on Times Radio this morning. Here's John Bell. Yeah, it's a, well, I, I, you know, I think we're, if you look at the trajectory we're on, we're a lot better off than we were six months ago, aren't we? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the pressure on the NHS is largely abated. Um, if you look at the deaths from COVID, in quotes, COVID, uh, they tend to be very elderly people. And it's not entirely clear it was COVID that caused all those deaths. What what was that, John? Now, now a good presenter goes, John, hang on, hang on. Hang on, what did you say there, Jonathan? Uh, they tend to be very elderly people, yeah. and it's not entirely clear it was COVID that caused all those deaths. Hang on a second, it's not entirely clear that it was COVID that caused all of those deaths. What was it then, John? No, 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 no. Nothing to see here. Please disperse. Please put those cameras away. Anyway, so I, I I think we're we're over the worst of it now, and I think what will happen is there will be quite a lot of background exposure to Delta. We can see the case numbers are quite high. That particularly in people who've had two vaccines, if they get a bit of breakthrough symptomatology or not even symptomatology, if they just are asymptomatically infected, that will add to our immunity substantially. So I. I I think we're headed for the position Sarah describes. Probably by next spring would be my view. It's you know we will have to get over the winter to get there, but I I think it should be fine. It should be fine by spring. It was never much of a problem anyway. Oh, I so wish the presenter had picked him up on that comment about it's not even clear that those old people died of COVID. Anyway, well, yeah, I would have jumped all over that, but it doesn't matter. That's what he said. If you look at the deaths from COVID, they tend to be very elderly people and it's not entirely clear it was COVID that caused all of those deaths. Where's Christopher Monkton when you need him? Absolutely. Oakley dokely. Listen, for my Australian friends, I'm a celebrity Get Me Out of Here, which is an ITV programme where Z-list celebrities, Z-list, people, you have no idea who they are. But they're chucked out of a plane into the jungle and they get to eat witchetty grubs and spiders and ladybirds and stuff while you, not you because you're not that stupid, but while the watching public phone in and vote out the ones they want to leave. It's rubbish anyway. Well, the programme is getting a lot of criticism because a crew member contracted the old COVID, right, and, and didn't isolate and went on a walkabout a walkabout, and this has plunged thousands of Australians into lockdown. It was a makeup artist, and she visited a number of establishments in New South Wales without checking in or using the QR code. Wait for it. The woman has been charged with multiple breaches of public health orders. Went for a bit of a ramble, a bit of sightseeing, one of the makeup artists. And because that woman previously tested positive for COVID, they've enforced lockdowns in the areas she visited. Thousands and thousands of people. Jesus, it's tyranny on steroids down under, isn't it? Asher Christ, ah, huh? Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll see your tyranny and we'll raise it. That seems to be the Australian approach to COVID. 
They haven't identified this woman, God love her. She flew into Bellina from Sydney on Saturday. She was given an exemption to do that. This is according to ABC News. Went to a few places and, well, they've locked down all those places now. One woman. Mad. Absolutely mad. In Oz. Um, the lawyer, Helen Dale, is an Aussie living in the UK. And she was on talk radio this morning with Mike Graham. And she explained that Victoria's construction workers are not anti-vax. They are anti-tyranny. Now, you will know, if you've been observing that in Melbourne, in, in, in Victoria, construction workers have said they will absolutely not work under the condition that they must show their papers to prove they are healthy in order to gain access to the site with their hammers and chisels and cement mixers and whatnot. They said we won't do that. And there have been clashes with police during demonstrations. It's all gotten a bit serious. Uh, rubber bullets have been fired at these guys and gals, by the police. It's shocking stuff, really. Anyway, this woman, Helen Dale, was on to say they're not anti-vax, they're anti-tyranny. We'll hear her say that in a moment. She starts by criticising the police and then explaining how the current Australian left, the political left, is a bit like the UK's political left of the 1980s. This is very interesting indeed. Victoria Police have got a real problem, um, a real problem with very bad authoritarian behaviour. And some of it, and I will move on to the trade union Mm. now, some of it is to do with wounded pride, I'm afraid, which is the worst thing you can have in a police force. Now, the bulk of the anti-lockdown and anti-vaccine mandate protests that you're seeing reported in the British press and with the video footage all over over Twitter is being led by members of the CFMEU. That stands for Construction, Forestry, Mining and Energy Union. Now, the CFMEU is a large, powerful, well-resourced left-wing trade union. Mm. Now, the thing is, the important thing to remember, though, because Australian political culture is different, you can have organisations that are very left-wing, that look as left-wing as, say, some of the economic ideas that we associate with Jeremy Corbyn over here. Mm. But where they differ from the likes of, say, Jeremy Corbyn or John McDonnell or people like that is they are not woke. Right. So the CFMEU will be very left-wing. It'll be very pro-redistribution. It will be pro a high minimum wage. It is also pro-restricting... Um, immigration from other countries that would compete with the labour of working class Australians, which is why the whole phenomenon that existed here of Polish plumbers and so on and so forth just doesn't exist Mm. in Australia. And you may have seen interviews with the CFMEU people. Very interesting. She said the whole phenomenon with Eastern European workers competing for jobs here in the UK, that didn't happen in Australia. And she said it didn't happen not because of any right-wing politicians, it happened because of lefty trade unionists. Isn't it funny? I must have said a thousand times on the Richie Allen show that the left of the 70s and 80s were as anti-immigration as any of those extreme right-wing people who kind of hijacked that agenda for themselves much, much later on. And in the 1970s and 80s, it wasn't down to xenophobia. It was down to protecting working men and working women in your own country. Jesus, we barely have enough jobs for the people, you know, for our own people, for taxpaying British citizens. So maybe it's not a great idea to allow a migrant workforce come in to look for jobs at this moment in time. 
That was a lefty thing. I've said this to you a thousand times. It was a lefty thing. It was a Tony Benn thing, it, going way back before Tony Benn. But they've managed to turn that idea on its head and make it sound, or, or, or they've, they've basically rewritten that to be a racist policy, when it isn't. It's a common sense policy. She's saying here that in Australia, that's down to trade unions. I've said it, I'm not going to repeat myself. Over the years, I remember being a trade unionist in the late 1980s, 1990s, even when I was still at school. And trade unions were very concerned about borders being open, not to people fleeing from persecution, not to those who needed asylum, but from folks who just thought, you know what, I might have a better chance of it in Ireland than I do in whatever country they were living in in Europe. And anyway, she's making a very, very good point here. EU people, and they all speak with Australian accents. Yes. And well, do you know what? I don't. Yeah. Th I think if you cut down in, into the uh, the actual um, heart and soul of John McDonnell and Jeremy Corbyn, they are exactly those people. I don't think they are woke at all. I think they're just pretended to be that's that's very, for the purposes yes. of staying in power. That's yeah. very, very interesting what Mike Graham said there. He said that deep down, John McDonnell and Jeremy Corbyn, who led the Labour Party not so long ago, Corbyn, the leader... MacDonald, the shadow chancellor, he said that their politics would, would align with the current Australian left, but they were cowardly. MacDonald and Corbyn hadn't the guts to, to pursue those policies that they would have pursued many, many years ago. Anyway, interesting stuff. Then Helen Dale goes on to talk about, well, she goes on to talk about the reason the the construction workers have been protesting and she reminds the listeners they're not anti-vax at all listen and what's interesting is that the cfmeu's opposition to the vaccine mandates is not by and large because they're anti-vax a lot of them are double jabbed australia's done that state capacity thing and the vaccine rollout's now going very well in australia what they don't like is the compulsion right. and the idea, and this has been an issue in the trade union movement in Australia for a very long time, that inspectors can come in and start checking the papers of construction workers yeah. and employees. I really admired the construction workers because she's right, many of them have had the jabs, but they're, they are decent enough and they w w will... They are determined to fight for the rights of people not to be jabbed, that even though they've taken it themselves, they will take to the streets and say, no, you don't get to bring in vaccine passports. We've had them, but we're not going to participate in that. That's outstanding, that. To be fair, a number of people have appeared on UK television recently who themselves have accepted a jab, but like the construction workers, they won't be party to a world where those who refuse the jab are made are ter effectively turned into second class citizens and re denied participation in society that was Helen Dale a lawyer from Australia living in the UK speaking to a guy called Mike Graham on Talk Radio let me read one or two of your comments Jean Ann by the way my 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 friend who I often mention in, in uh, Cleggan, the west of Ireland, a friend of hers called Zach sent her a photograph through Facebook. She's just shown me the photograph. I can't share it with you right now. I wish I could. But it's an image taken in Australia of a police vehicle, which is basically an assault vehicle, like a tank. Hanging out of it are 
police officers that resemble Paul Craig Roberts, the former US Assistant Secretary to the Treasury. He beautifully described the evolution of the policeman and the policewoman from your your beat cop to the robocop tooled up to the tits with every automatic weapon that you can imagine. The the photograph Gene Anna sent me is just absolutely horrifying. It's horrifying. What it says is, it says martial law. It says that the police are the military now, right? There's the, the, the line isn't blurred anymore between the police and the army in Australia. The police are the army and they've taken over. Driving around in these assault vehicles with the most sophisticated, deadly semi-automatic weapons slung over their shoulders with the helmets and the visors and everything else that goes with it. Looking like something from Blade Runner, from Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. And they're driving around now intimidating Australian citizens. It's it's absolute basket case in Australia. Again, kudos to the construction workers for having the humanity to stand up to that. And I hope that everybody else who's had a jab, who's had it, but who are uncomfortable about the way the world is going, I'd like to see them step forward as well and say, look, I've had the jab, but I don't believe that you, like us, who haven't had it, should be persecuted for not having it. Okay, 18 minutes past the hour. I said I'd read some comments. Let me read some comments. Let me read some comments then. Uh, hi to Steve T. Thanks for the link, Steve. I can't read a link when I'm on here. I can look at a photograph, but I can't go and read a news story, mate. I might do later on. Hi to Andy B. How you doing, Andy? Spiro's been chatting on Twitter, apparently, about New York Governor uh, Cuomo threatening to replace unvaxxed hospital workers with foreign workers. Is that right, Andy? I'll go looking for that when I get a chance. Hi to Alex Romero. Hi to Faisal. Hi to Anto, who says, Aussie police force getting the jib-jab now by the 5th of October. If they refuse, they have 10 days, I think, to explain their hesitancy. Is that right? Has Have the Australian police been given a deadline to get vaxxed? I'll have to double-check that and not to impugn your research, my friend. Byron says, Richie, I mean, realistically, the Aussie police that are imposing these acts are simply committing treason under common law. They might be, Byron, but you're not going to get any satisfaction in a court of law, mate. And that's an old chestnut with me. Keep those comments coming in. It's richieallen.co.uk. At the top of the page, it says comment live. Some really interesting things to get into. And a little bit later on, a little bit later on, and I'll leave plenty of time for it, I'll be taking your phone call. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Shortly, I'll be taking your calls. If you got through yesterday, don't call me today. Rich says the kids' school, his kids' school, just emailed him that two days next week, uh, the whole year has to stay at home because of the amount of pupils and teachers that are off. 
the vast majority with no symptoms. It's happening all over again. It is happening all over again. There was a teacher speaking to the BBC this morning, I think BBC Radio 5 Live, and she was saying the same thing. We've seen a slight increase in cases amongst students who are asymptomatic. There isn't anything wrong with them. And the teacher told BBC Radio 5 Live that it will inevitably lead to whole year groups being sent home again for nothing. Ah, be jeepers. Be jeepers, I said. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Chris says, Richie always dips the digestives in. That way, the risk of the whole thing dropping into the tea is better than the digestive catching in your throat. Chris, I don't drink tea or coffee. Never have, never will. I can't imagine dipping a digestive into a glass of water. That's just me, you know. Tom Petty on the Richie Allen Show. Tom Petty, I won't back down on your Richie Allen Show. Lucy says there is an art, Richie, to dipping biscuits. I haven't mastered it yet. Lucy, let me suggest that you attend the Universal Rich Tea of Chester Bread, where they do a course in dipping biscuits there. Boom, boom, boom. Hi to Steve. What kind of Irishman doesn't drink tea? Me, Steve. I don't like hot drinks, never like them. No time for tea or coffee. Not even a hot toddy. Not even a hot toddy. Now, it is exactly 24 minutes past the hour. I will be taking your calls at some stage and I look forward to hearing from you. Did you see the mugwump that acts as the Prime Minister addressing the United Nations General Assembly last evening, did you? Talking up COP26 or whatever, at Glasgow in November. In Glasgow in November, we're all going to die. Floods, pestilence, grasshoppers, hailstones the size of igloos. The usual bullshit. Johnson, here he is with a slogan that he wants us all to remember. A new slogan to help deal with the devastation of climate change. Coal, cars, cash and trees. Coal, coal, cars, cash and trees. Very simple. Very simple. Let's hear it again. Coal, cars, cash and trees. Coal, cars, cash and trees. Very simple. Coal, cars, cash and trees. That's the way out of it. I'm not one of those environmentalists, by the way, who takes a a moral pleasure in excoriating humanity for its excess. I don't see the green movement as a pretext for a wholesale assault on capitalism. Far from it. Mm. And when Kermit the Frog... What? What was that? How did you go from capitalism to Kermit? And when Kermit the Frog, Kermit the Frog, sang... Sang what? It's not easy being green. Christ, was Kermit an environmentalist too? You remember that one? No. No, I don't. Let's hear it. It's not easy being green. Ah, it's lovely this. Having to spend each day the colour of the leaves hang on a second this is not about climate change when I think it could be nicer being red or yellow right could be nicer being red or yellow Boris I want you to know that he was wrong he was wrong about what he was wrong about what it is easy it's not only easy it's lucrative and it's right to be green he was also unnecessarily rude to Miss Piggy I thought he was what Uh, Kermit the Frog Miss Piggy? But it is easy uh, to be green. We have the technology, as we used to say when I, was a, when I was a kid. We can do it. 
Right. I hope the next time Laura Kunzberg of the BBC or Robert Peston from ITV or Beth Rigby from Sky, I hope the next time there's a press conference, they demand that Johnson issues a retraction and an apology to the estate of Kermit the Frog for grossly misrepresenting that song and taking those lyrics out of context. Kermit wasn't saying that it was a challenge to maintain an environmentally friendly approach to life, not at all. The song is clearly a heartfelt reflection on his lived experiences as a frog. It's not easy being green Having to spend each day the colour of the leaves Lion bastard politicians, eh? What kind of fuckery is this? Lying little bastard Johnson. Now, Sky News is running fantastic features about climate change all day, every day. Buckets of pesos in this next little clip here. Get your Kleenex out now, people. Not for that, you dirty bastards. To dry your eyes. Filthy minds. Sky this morning went to a school for the blind in Liverpool. St. Vincent's. I didn't... This, this is how sheltered I am. I didn't know that schools for the blind existed. I thought they were a thing of the past. Foolishly, because I am an idiot most of the time. I thought that blind kids would go to regular school. But then that was foolish of me to think that because it would, would be difficult for teachers to work with the blind child and, and, and obviously teach them Braille and everything else. So, yes, there are blind schools or schools for blind kids. Now, the blind kids at St Vincent's School in Liverpool are taking on climate change. And Sky's reporter starts off speaking to young Abian. That's who he speaks to originally, young Abian. Have a listen to this. Abian knows by the time he leaves school, climate change may have forced more than 100 million people into poverty. And being visually impaired doesn't stop him tackling the issue head on. Being blind is no barrier whatsoever to taking on climate change. It makes me feel very bad that we're actually burning fossil fuel and making this earth hotter and uh, sometimes killing the animals and so on. It makes me feel a bit upset and uh, want me, wanting me to see if you can try and save the planet. So Abian wants to save the planet. For the last decade... This, this is a Sky News report now. This school has been building climate action into its curriculum. And for some of its students, their activism has taken them as far as the United Nations. Now they're set to share their green vision across the country. It means a network across Merseyside will replicate St Vincent's successful education programme. They're also leading a group of nearly 500 schools that have pledged to go net zero by 2030. Wow. All of these schools are all pledging to go net zero by 2030. The blind school kids are, are inspiring schools all across the north of England to say enough is enough now. We're not going to put up with climate change. See. Up and down the country, hundreds of schools are following the inspiring example of St Vincent and really responding to the calls of young people to preserve the planet for future generations. And children really get it. They just say, come on, world leaders, time that you took the action. Put these in bags and we're going to send these to COP26. And in just... That, that, the, the, what you were hearing there was the school principal working with the blind children and they were putting soil 
in little bags that they're going to send off to, to Glasgow in November, apparently. Just over a month's time, these climate warriors will head to Glasgow where they'll meet world leaders and offer them some seeds for change. I'd say do it. Um, visually impaired and blind people are doing it. You better do it. Save our planet. If the visually impaired and the blind can do it, you can do it too. A stark message from a boy fighting to save a planet he can't even fully see. Now, he wants you to do the same. I've never heard anything like this. I've been doing news and radio for well over 20 years now. We, we would never have thought we'd get away with this. This, this pathos-laden crap. This bullshit dressed up as a news story. Taking advantage of young kids like, uh, like the young boy there. From a boy fighting to save a planet he can't even fully see. Imagine that. A boy trying to save a planet he can't even see. Dry your eyes out now and get off your arse and sell your diesel car or, or blow it up and, and get an electric car or do something, you know, or, or kill yourself so that you can't create any more carbon yourself. Do the world a favour. You know, let, let, let Abian and the other blind kids and everybody else take your place. Take your whole family with you in a murder-suicide pact and, and, and that will save the planet if we all do that. Unbelievable. Now... He wants you to do the same. Abian. Inzaman Rashid, Sky News, Liverpool. Inzaman Rashid. Abian wants you to save the world. He can't because he's blind. Jesus Christ. I wonder, does he like parakeets? I might send him one uh, if he doesn't have one. Now, where did I put that sellotape? Ah, oh, yeah, it's over there. That's the level. That is the level. That is the level. I've said it a thousand times before. Don't send me abusive emails. That is my level. It always will be. It's 27 minutes to the top of the hour. Yes, you mightn't have understood that last quip. Hopefully you didn't, and then you won't be sending me abusive emails. Let me read your comments. Go to richieallen.co.uk, top of the page, comment live, and drop me a comment, please. Chris and Emma say, get the sick pockets out. Yes, it's dreadful. Uh, Chris Morell says that he can't even fully see from a problem that doesn't even exist. That's right. <laughs> of course we know it's bollocks. Of course we do. Of course we do, but nobody in the mainstream media challenges any of the doom mongers to show them any peer-reviewed evidence that CO2 emissions will put the temperature up beyond 1.5 degrees and of course that will then lead to catastrophic collapse of ecosystems and that will all die. No evidence of it. Hilarious stuff, you know. Ah, sure, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Thank you for all your messages. They're coming in thick and fast. Remember, soon I'll be opening the phone line and taking your phone calls and Skypes. Chat with Richie is the Skype. The phone number is 0161 Outside the UK, plus 44161 Or I could have just done this bloody thing. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161-818-2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161-818-2018. Talk to Richie now. Yeah, my uncle is a taxidermist. That's, 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 that's what's going on. Now, 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 now then. Who said that? Oh, that dirty pedophile. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Savile, yeah. Now then. Right, COVID is the gift that keeps on giving. In the past 18 months, boffins and witch doctors have told us that COVID leads to vertigo, tinnitus, depression, stroke, dementia, hearing voices, stuttering, hiccups, memory loss, sore toe, my personal favourite, piles, sight loss, erectile dysfunction. That might explain it. 
for me anyway. I had COVID in January of 2020, didn't I? Or at least I think I did. Maybe I didn't. And you, psychosis. Yes, they have. I'm not making that up. The, the witch doctors of SAGE and their lackeys in the media have told us in the last 18 months that if you get COVID, you get vertigo, tinnitus, depression, stroke, dementia, hearing voices, stuttering, hiccups, memory loss, sore toe, piles, 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 preparation, H, sight loss, erectile dysfunction and psychosis. But COVID is evolving all the time and it's leading to, well, all manner of new, weird and wonderful things. Listen to the BBC this morning. Now, here's an interesting story. Hairdressers across the country are reporting an increasing number of clients having new allergic reactions to hair dye. <laughs> hey, yes, COVID is leading to people who never before had a reaction to their hair dye. Now they're having a reaction because they had COVID. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting story. Hairdressers across the country are reporting an increasing number of clients having new allergic reactions to hair dye, even hair dyes that they've used before. And experts are now looking at whether it could possibly be linked to COVID. Experts. Don't you love it? It covers all manner of sins, doesn't it? Just say experts. Again, there was a time when I began in radio when you would not be allowed to say experts. You would have to name somebody. You would have to refer to a paper that had emerged from a laboratory somewhere. Now they say experts and then what follows experts is horse manure so thick of such viscosity that it could fertilise the entire state of Louisiana. Experts are telling us that if you go to the hairdressers now and you have a bad reaction to the dye, probably means you had COVID. The trade body that represents hairdressers and beauticians are warning the professionals to carry out patch tests to avoid facing legal action after hearing increasing numbers of people having allergic reactions. Patch tests is, is what you've probably imagined, just trying out a little bit to see what the effect is. Uh, one woman in Kent even needed an ambulance called to the salon. <laughs> Timothy David is a colour specialist who owns the Timothy David studio based in West London. Morning, Timothy. Good morning. Good morning. And Gemma Mitchell is with us as well. Gemma is from Oswestry, ended up with a severe burn after a patch test for hair dye, and she had COVID earlier in the year. Gemma, <laughs> Gemma hi. Good morning. Go on then, talk us, what, talk us through what happened to you. This doesn't sound nice. Go on then. Nice. Go on then. Now, here's an interesting story. Oh, Jesus wept. Why did it go back to the beginning? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on then, Gemma. I'm supposed to play the next clip. I got lost there. No, it was um, it was pretty frightening, to be honest. Frightening? Um, I had COVID back in January. Um, it wasn't a very nice time, but I recovered. I recovered a few months later, was back to full health. Ah, that's what you thought, though, that you were back to full health. But you weren't. Health. The salons opened once again in the April and my hairdresser that I've been going to for over 10 years, um, she put a policy in place whereby you had to have, it was compulsory for you to have a patch test 48 hours prior to you having any colour. Um, I had never reacted to a patch test before. Um, so I went along and, and I didn't in a million years think that I would have the reaction that I did. What happened? 
So the following day, um, behind my ear started to become very red, very itchy, very quickly. Mm. Um, and it soon transpired that it had removed layers and layers of my skin Oof. from behind my ear. Um, very, very painful, but very scary because I yeah. didn't know, you know, where was it? Yeah, says the presenter. Yeah. Very scary. Yeah. Really scary. Skin started melting behind my ears. Yeah. Must be COVID then. I can see how you could draw the conclusion. You had COVID in January. You never had a reaction to a little bit of hair dye before. The salon's open in April. You went in. They give you a patch test, a little dab of hair dye to see if you're allergic or not to the dye. And the skin melted off you. Sure, that to be COVID. I don't know how you could think anything else. How was it going to end? Um, you know, was it was it going to get worse? Um, so for the, the following few days, I had to monitor it quite closely and, and take lots of antihistamines. This is nas- national radio now. This is the level it's stooped to. Um, and was urged to go to my GP if it got any worse. You must keep thinking it's it's such a good job that she insisted on the patch test. Yeah, um, imagine if she'd have given you the full dye. Absolutely. I mean, your mind does wonder to, heaven forbid, if she hadn't have uh, made it compulsory for me to have had that patch test, what could have happened to yeah, me? Yeah. Um, I'd heard of people being hospitalised, <laughs> anaphylactic shocks, um, you know, hair falling out. It could have been so much worse. What do we think, dear listener? Are we adding new allergies to the list of consequences of having COVID. What do you think? Let's have a poll on it. I want your answers on a postcard. Should we add reaction? Should we add following COVID, you might develop allergies to things you were not allergic to before? Timothy, what have you seen in your studio? This is the, the, the Timothy David who's got a studio. I've noticed definitely an increase of allergies to patch tests, um, which with clients that you've used the same colours for years on their own head, you know, and them taking a patch test behind their ear and just taking this allergy, it's just shocking. It's like it's, it's shocking, Timothy. He's noticed a big increase in allergies. Clients that never had a problem before are now reacting to the to the test. Maybe in my lifetime, maybe a presenter will grow a set of balls and we'll ask the question, I wonder, is it the vaccines? I wonder, is it the vaccines that are causing these autoimmune disorders in people? Because that's exactly what it sounds like. I wonder, is it the vaccine and not the mild respiratory infection that you think you had? But of course they won't. The BBC wouldn't leave this story alone all day today. The BBC News Channel tracked down Professor Danny Altman from Imperial College in London. He's an immunologist. Could the COVID be leaving a terrible legacy for girls who like to dye their hair? Could COVID have made them allergic to the dye? Danny Altman, Imperial College London. What say you, Danny? And now we need to start thinking about long COVID and somewhere in that list we need to think about these changed um, allergic responses. And what it means is um, you may have been reprogrammed, if you like. So compared to what you knew before, you know, I am allergic to lobster, but I'm not allergic to nuts or vice versa or, or whatever it is. Um, all bets are off and you've got to kind of rethink what your allergies might be. All bets are off. You've got to rethink what your allergies might be. If you've had COVID, all bets are off. You used to be allergic to dust. Maybe not. Maybe COVID cured your dust allergy. You might now be allergic to, I don't know, pollen. You might be allergic to, I don't know, licorice, all sorts. 
COVID. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's uh, 17 minutes and a half minutes, I should say, to at the top of the hour. This is Thursday's Richie Allen Show. It is live from BB, BBG Towers here in Salford. Wonderful place it is. This is a music from AHA. Denmark, is it? Sweden, I can't remember. Morton Harkett, anyhow. The sun always shines on TV. You'd have gotten sacked for doing that years ago. Aha, the sun always shines on TV, the Richie Allen Radio Show. Let's do a couple of more very quick stories. Then I will take your calls. I swear to God, I swear to God. I swear to God now, missus, I swear to God. I'll take your calls. Right, the, the students are going back. This is Freshers' Week, or Fresher, Freshers' Week. It's been so long I can barely remember it. Well, it was alcohol fueled my Freshers' Week. So they're going back, the students, and when they're returning to campuses, they are being diverted before they've even got the chance to pack their, excuse me, to unpack their bags. They are being diverted to walk-in vax centres. The students are being diverted to walk-in vax centres. They're only arriving. Here's BBC News 24. University students are being urged to get a Covid vaccination to protect themselves and their friends against the virus. Thousands of students have been arriving at universities throughout the week and many have set up walk-in Covid clinics on campus and are asking people to get their vaccine before their courses begin. Stuart Winkup reports. But amongst the club's stalls and activities, there's now a Covid clinic. Have you gone on any blood thinners since your last vaccine? No. no. Prince, who's just arrived in Middlesbrough from Nigeria, was one of the first to get his jab. You know, it's important not to spread the virus and it's important to keep safe because, um, you know, health is, um, health is everything. So, you know, with the jab, you know, you get some certain level of security. So um, I encourage everyone out there, if you haven't got a jab, please do and keep um, the world safe. Oh, why don't you fuck off, Prince, eh? And worry about your own jabs and don't worry about anybody else. Wait till you hear the vaccinator, David Shannon, on the second part of this news item. The vaccinator has a stark warning for the kiddies. Vaccination rates among young adults are still much lower than other groups, but some believe attitudes are changing. This is the guy now, David Shannon. He's administering the vaccines at this university in Middlesbrough. Listen to him lay it out. Get jabbed. Access. Don't get jab, no access. Students and, and young people are starting to realise to go on holiday, to, to go nightclubbing, to go start basically enjoying themselves. They have to have vaccinations. So as, as businesses start, start to open up and whatever else, they've realised, yeah, I need, I need those vaccines to actually start enjoying things going forward. I need the vaccines to start enjoying things going forward. That's what they're telling students at university campuses around the country. They're going back all over the country. They're being confronted by clinics. They're being told, have you been jabbed? You haven't right well. If you want to be going places and doing things, you need to be jabbed. That's what they're doing. Let's finish this news roundup with this. It's an interesting story out of Ireland. Now, unions in Ireland are demanding that more than 100,000 healthcare workers are recognised for their contribution during the pandemic and that they are compensated for being so heroic last year. But not only that, that all 100,000 plus health workers are given 
10 days leave as a present to recognise their heroism. The Labour Court said that Ireland's health service executive has described this demand as the single most costly claim ever served on a single employer. They reckon it'll cost over €370 million to give all of these health workers 10 days off in recognition of their incredible heroism. Here's a woman called Kira Kelly. She's a former doctor. She works on news talk radio these days. Feast your ears. She's all for the deifying, deifying, putting on a pedestal, worshipping healthcare workers. And she even compares them to first responders on September the 11th. I actually think in this instance, and I'm not that flahulic with the public purse, but I actually think in this instance I would agree for frontline healthcare workers to get this bonus. I do believe their work was heroic. I I really, really do. I think we have to remember what it was like. I think what we have to remember is, is that from basic training, for doctors it's usually a year in, for nurses it's usually a few months in, you're you are introduced to the concept that you are going to be around sick people with, with, with all manner of complaints. People coming in with half a leg out of a car crash. God love them. People coming in with pneumonia, pleurisy, bronchitis. And you get used to doing that. You get used to pressing the flesh with people who are very unwell. There is nothing heroic about it. I also don't think there's anything vocational about it. I've never subscribed to that idea. It's a profession and it's, 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 it's an important one. And the people who do it should be compensated for doing it. They should be compensated properly. But don't deify them. Don't call them heroes because they're not. They're doing a job they were trained to do. But no, they're, they are akin to 9-11 responders, says Kira Kelly. It was like in wave one. When you think of it, it was, it's a bit like those firefighters that ran into the World Trade Centre during 9-11 when everyone <laughs> else was fleeing. We had healthcare workers on the front line with no PPE or inadequate PPE cleaning up secretions of COVID patients when we thought the mortality rate was about 10% of COVID patients in ICUs, they were heroic. I don't mind them being rewarded. What stands out to me more, and even in terms of the cost, because we've already blown huge amounts of hundreds of millions on some of them wasted things like PPE that didn't work, ventilators that didn't work, all of that. So there has been waste. So let's blow hundreds of millions more by giving 10 days off to healthcare workers at a time when you don't have enough healthcare workers. Because Ireland, under EU instruction, of course, just like the UK which has been under EU instruction for 40 whatever years before so-called Brexit, um, wrecking the health service systematically. So you don't have enough anyway. So let's give them all 10 days off at a cost of 400 million euro. Yeah, it's a great idea. Kira Kelly there. I'm not going to play you any more of that. I'm going to take your calls. Here are the details. Then I'll take a tune. As then I will open the phone and the Skype. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Right, get dialing in a moment just before I take the tune. Uh, how you doing, Spiro Skouras in Arizona? Top, top man. Got an honourable mention earlier on. Spiro says, Richie, there are many double jabbed at my work who say they will not take any boosters. 
That's interesting, Spiro. They say they will not show their papers either. They say they will quit if they mandate the shot, despite the fact they've all had, or many of them have had, both jabs, they're fully vaxxed. They say it's the principle. They say it was their choice and they will not tolerate this BS. Really interesting, Spiro. The double jab, they're saying they won't have a booster and they will not tolerate the mandating of shots either or the vaccine passports. Very interesting. Spiro also sent me a link to the story that the Queensland police have been given an ultimatum, a blunt one. Have the jab within two weeks or face suspension without any pay at all. Thank you, Spiro. Ah, Spiro Skouras, activistpost.com. This is Elton John, the bastard. He won't be in Manchester this year. Your call's next. It's your call. Skype, chat with Richie, or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. And it's straight to the phones. Caller, you're first up. Welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Hello? Hello, you're live. Who am I speaking to? It's, it's Pepper, Richie. How are you doing, mate? I'm very well, mate. Who, I didn't catch the name again. Say Pepper, the name. Pepper. We spoke before. We ah, we did. For a while. Pepper, is that right? Yes. Ah, yes, yes. that's the mate? one. It's right. been age. I'm great, buddy. Nice to chat with you again. Pepper, oh, you, awesome. set, you, you set the agenda, pal. What would you like to say? So basically, as in, I wanted to, basically, I wanted to apologise for uh, last time I was on. I didn't know people were, like, looking for you and all kind of stuff, because I mentioned before that I was. I'm not one of those people, so I, I didn't want you to think I was, like, some weirdo. But I wanted to talk about climate change and a bit of cyber polygon, if that's all right with you. Not a problem. I am going to limit everybody to about two and a half to three minutes today, because okay, yeah. calls cool, are backing cool, yeah. up. So, so go right ahead, the, buddy. The, the climate change stuff, I'm thinking that the, obviously, everything you say is true as far as it's, it's a massive hoax and stuff, but if we look back to um, the whole worshipping the sun kind of thing, there might be some sort of correlation. I'm not sure yet. I'm still looking into it. There might be some sort of correlation between the whole um, Solomon worshipping the sun, solar uh, religion thing, and this new cult of uh, global warming. The sun is the major power source. I mean, there might be some sort of correlation. I was wondering what you might think about that, what, 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 your, what your thoughts were on that. I don't know. Is, is, the, is the honest to God answer, Pepper? I don't know. I mean, look, looking at, I, I looked at everything over the years. I looked at every paper, not recently now, but for a long time when the ICC, the, the Intercontinental Panel on Climate Change, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, excuse me. So I looked at what was coming out and I, and I cross-referenced that with papers from scientists that were, I suppose, I don't know, marginalised. And not being a scientist, my belief is that the sun drives climate change, drives temperature change on planet Earth. The sun, that's what I think. I don't declare that to be an absolute fact. I I just don't believe that CO2, as, as, as generated by us, does that. Because you will know, because you're obviously interested in it, go way, way back before the Industrial Revolution. And at times it was far, far, far warmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, than it was, uh, than it is now. And quite often with less um, CO2 uh, present in the atmosphere itself. What do you make of that? Where, where, where do you come down on that? So on, on that, everything I agree with everything you said. I haven't gone as far as look at the old papers. I've looked at a couple of them, but I kind of go from a, from a I, I did A-level biology. So I go from like a, try and look at it kind of like as a kid first before you start trying to get complicated. Yeah. And it's... Um, Photosynthesis and respiration, right? You get taught in school. Photosynthesis and respiration is a two-way equation, right? It goes one way for plants and then another way for yeah. humans. So 
CO2 is the oxygen of plants, right? Yeah. As in, according to that equation, right? So, realistically, we, 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 we breathe in the oxygen, give out the CO2. The plants take the CO2, give out the oxygen. Two equations. So, CO2 must be a gas of life. There can't really be too much of it, theoretically, as long as you've got something that can convert it, which is the trees, right? So, there's the deforestation of stuff that's kind of fucking shit up, which... Which I agree with. Like, when they say save the planet, yeah, we shouldn't be cutting down trees needlessly. Yeah, that's a, that's a real part of it. But then they've combined other stuff with it that doesn't make any sense. So that's now- brilliant. That's brilliant. They've, 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 they've aligned two completely different issues. And this is yeah. rotten because neither you nor I would say that it's wrong when, when they complain about polluting rivers, when they complain about deforestation, when they complain about you, you know, mass producing plastic. We would agree with that. Um, but but they, they they wanted to kind of merge or marry these issues when they are separate issues. That's complete, that, the science. They? The science says they are completely separate. Like and yeah. it's, it's for it, it's 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 weird how they've gotten away with. I know obviously that's all happened in the think tank. This all happened in private rooms somewhere. We, we get all that, but it's weird how they've everyone's been brought up with the same like that equation, that photosynthesis and respiration equation. That's that's like the first biological equation Isn't you it? really learn, like with Mrs. Yeah. Rest and all that kind of stuff and what life is. But it's it's weird how we've got to a point where we've forgotten those basic foundations of stuff. That's that now I, I don't understand. They, they managed to confuse us using all these complicated terms, all these complicated graphs. When yeah. the basic first off equation of life means that what they're saying can't make any sense. As in, you're very good, mate. You're sense. very good. I remember year one biology in secondary school. I did biology year one, and that's exactly what we talked about in year one. We talked about photosynthesis, as you said, respiration. Plants breathe CO2, we breathe O2, and we live in perfect harmony. Absolutely right. And they've turned this on its head now. I can ask you quickly, Pepper, before I move on, um, how serious... I mean, I believe that, okay, the, the COVID thing... It's going to be around for a bit. They're going to wring, squeeze as much out of it as they can. But the, the climate crisis, this is going to be the next big thing, right? Right, right, yeah, yeah. Yes, and that's, that's uh, it's going to be, the COVID, I feel it is a warm-up because it's, well, how I see it, it's like a three-point attack, right? So the first attack, it's going to be a biological attack of, um, of COVID. Second point attack is going to be a cyber-related attack because we're on a central point, we're on a central point of failure now because everyone's online like you said like you had someone in the day talking about if the internet goes down what happens then yeah. and the third point of failure the third pandemic whatever is going to be some sort of nuclear level one where they maybe they tell us aliens are like no but there's going to be some sort of thing they project in the sky and do some mad stuff that's going to make us like uh, some sort of next primitive you know when the movies like Dune and all those kind of movies yeah. where yeah. We're, we're fighting some sort of Maybe made up threat. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I feel like that's the three stages of and and the the climate change is like a global. It's it's a it's a it's an interstellar one. Do you mean like we're yeah, messing with the stars yeah. and talking? So wow. that'll be, yeah. that might be the crown of of the the jewel. If that makes sense. Well, yes. Look, you like most people who come on with me. You sound rational, logical, and articulate. Too many articulate people have talked to me about fake alien invasions for me to laugh at it. The more I think about it, the more I think, well, why wouldn't they? Look at the things they've they've done. Look at the lies they've told only in the last eighteen months. Why wouldn't they they do that? And if you've got if if you were affecting the mental health of children in the way they are now. And if you're putting and so yeah, many why, children... Why wouldn't it? It's in, it's absolutely. in all the movies. Everyone's on net, watching Netflix. Everyone's yeah. being bombarded with this media all the time, this predictive programming of what yeah. could happen. What, as in, like, I, I, even I like... I mean, I, my, one of my favourite films is The Matrix. You mean, like, in, in out, like, Inside Out. But I understand that has an effect on how I look at things. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like... 
this, it's like they're setting us up. They are setting us up for something. They are, it's like you're saying, they're, they're bankrupting us. They're setting us up for something. And I feel like um, no one can argue with the big ball in the sky because that's the thing that gives us all the energy. Like yeah. day one, that's what a lot of... Um, as in uh, when... Um, I thank you for getting Jordan on the other day. Sorry, I wanted that was another thing. As in, I'm not sure whether I don't think you do with that. But when you got Jordan on before your little break, I was like, oh my god, like this is amazing. So as in, uh, so thank you for that. By the way, I not at to, all. I wanted to, wanted to, uh, Pepper, I'm, 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 th- plenty of calls coming. I'm going to take more calls. Yeah, no, sorry, I like, I like it on. Sorry, no, like no, it's on. good. Yeah. It's good to chat with uh, you again. Fake alien invasion. Take yeah. care, sir. Take you care too, mate. And when, if that happens, I'll be getting Pepper back on the program. <laughs> no doubt about it. Thanks to to him for his call. It's oh one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. That's oh one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. If you're inside the UK, outside plus four four one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. But the best thing to do if you can't do it is Skype the program. The handle is chat with Richie. If you're trying to get through and you can't, be patient. Uh, I'll get you on, right? Well, there are plenty of calls in the queue. I will get you on. And be as brief as you can, bearing in mind there are others in the queue. Uh, To a mobile phone now, caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Hello, I Richie Love. My name's Bernie. How are you doing, Bernie? You're in Warrington, just up the road, Bernie. I am. Just up the road. Oh, thank God I got through. It's great. I've been dialing, dialing up for months and months and I've got a lovely friend just up the road, a very valued friend in Wigan. He's been trying as well. So he'll be sitting there tonight with his lovely Mrs. Cat and his lovely dog listening to this. And he knows who he is, so that's great. Now, listen, I don't want to keep you long. Listen, if you've been trying trying for months, you take your time and, and say what you want to say. I'm delighted you got through, by the way. Oh, me too. Bloody hell, it's great. Now, listen, um... I know for a fact you love thousands upon thousands of people trying to get through to you tonight. So we don't want to keep you long. I did want to ask you, um, a couple of weeks ago, I heard Mr. John O'Looney, the funeral director from Milton Keynes. Thank goodness for that man speaking his truth. Now, I know you've been trying to get hold of him to get on and talk again. And I think we need that because um, this man, has so much to say. Just um, just, um, just to remind our listeners who the gentleman is, he's from Milton Keynes and yeah. he ran a funeral home or runs a funeral home. Um, yeah. Very highly regarded in the business. He had yeah. many, many commendations and he broke ranks, I suppose, didn't he, uh, Bernie, earlier this year. And he said he that he was coming under enormous pressure as a funeral director to play ball with the government and to falsify you know, COVID death numbers and, and, and things like that. And he wasn't going to Stanford. It was very important. Um, yeah, he came on the programme a few a few weeks ago, probably a couple of months ago. That's right. And I, yep. be- I believe that he's paid the price for that because um, I understand that the regulator for, for funeral homes, they've gone after him lately, I believe, which is why oh, I wanted to speak yes. with him. But, but, but that's right. Very interesting guy, Bernie, yeah. Yes, you know what, you're right. Um, I've been looking, I mean, as much as we say on the internet, we don't know what's right or wrong, whatever. But it looks like this poor man has been hounded and dragged down to the ground, whatever, and been shut up and silenced. It's now, not, it's not um, new, Bernie, that, is it? That's, 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 that's an old tactic, isn't it, when somebody speaks out? It is. And the, the worrying thing is, and, and, and you know, 
a couple of months back, my lovely valued friend there in Wigan, he'd be listening now, um, he lost a very valued uh, member of his family. And I did say to him, listen, lad, when you go, your funeral, just ask that funeral director, is this all normal? You know, all this COVID business, just ask him. But I think um, he was very consumed, of course, by by of course by his grief. What was going on? Yeah, and I don't think he asked him. But then we get Mr. John O'Rooney, or I don't know how you pronounce that name, Lunig, I think. No, you got it right. His his Irish name is John O'Lunig, but the English pronunciation, the English translation of it is John O'Looney. That's right. Okay. When I first spoke to him, Bernie, when I first spoke to him, I used the Irish name because I didn't want people. I didn't want people calling him Looney. So it, it, not that there's anything wrong with his name, but of course, you know, the, the idiots were going to say, oh, this guy's a Looney, you know, so. Mm, he's not, well, he's not, he's a very articulate man. Now. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. they are, they're using that now for the poor fella. Um, Bernie, can I ask you, can I ask you while I have you on? Let me ask you a couple of questions while I have you on. You're in, you're yeah. in Warrington there. What, 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 what are things like, obviously things are a bit more open now uh, in Warrington. What? How yeah. have you found, you know, uh, the the whole thing the last eighteen months? What What does it mean for you? And where do you think this is going now? This coming winter, what are you concerned about? Uh, well, do you know me. I'm not self me, lad. Honestly, I'm sixty odd now. Uh, I'm not stupid. I've got the wisdom of the years. I'm not a college kid. I've never been nowhere university anything like that. We kids up, but I reckon um, they they're not as clever as me. <laughs> That sounds terrible, but no, it doesn't. Not. No, it doesn't. Um, they're not too bright, really. Yeah. When when you think about it, there. I, I remember David Icke saying many years ago, "These people are not very clever. They're not no, very creative, no. and they're very predictable." In, in, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, my kids have been off to. Um, for me, do you know me? Me, um, me, my work, my career work. I'm a humanitarian aid worker. And I've been out since I was 21 years of age. I left this country many, many years ago um, for Africa. And I've worked in refugee camps all over East Africa and everything. And I've fed the people or buried them, whichever come first. That's how it went. Now, I've got that thing within me to look after and help people. What I'm seeing right now, in in my little corner of the universe, which is Warrington, um, people are uh, they're estranged from each other. They've been separated. It's diverse. It's crazy. People are feared to be around each other. That's mad. You think that they've been conditioned now to be to look at yes. to look at other people as potentially a threat to them. A medical yeah, threat, it's problem. Yeah, and scary. Now, you know, years ago, um, when my kids were at uni, I mean, they're all they're thirty odd years of age now. They're married women and whatever. But when they were at uni, I got um, invited over for Christmas, like you do. And there was a house full of kids, uni kids. They all lived in one big house, whatever. And we did Christmas dinner. And I was doing all that business and we'd finished the gravy and I said, right, come on, everything's all done. Let's go now. Let's have a look. When I was naive, of course. Let's go in there, watch the telly for the Queen's speech. And they all <laughs> laughed. And I said, well, 
what are you doing? What are you, what are you laughing at? And they said, no. And one of my kids said, Mom, my moral compass tells me not to have TV anymore um, because is that right? this is what's going on. And you are funding the wages of Jimmy Savile, Mum, by paying your, your, your uh, what is it, the, by paying, by, paying, by paying the BBC licence fee. So she yeah. knew, she knew even oh, then what Savile was. God, I got such a shock and I thought, I'd come home and I thought, bloody hell. Yeah. Anyway, it just so happened. It was, I think it's from the gods. I think I'm blessed from somewhere. Somebody somewhere is looking after me. But I, sw- I flipped me telly on and it went boom. And it went black and no sound. And I thought, here we go. So that telly from from all them years ago when Jimmy said what was that twenty twelve when when it all came out about twenty twelve it was I've yeah. never had a telly since is that right so you've given up television for the last nine years honest I and you've not you've not missed it Bernie you've not missed it no no you must be kidding these people are talking. Shite. I don't want to swear on you. Well, you can if you want. They are, but I, I couldn't live without it. I've got to have my occasional drama. You know, I like a bit of drama. I like a bit of... No, you can go get Netflix. Come on now. You can go and pay £5 a month. I know, but, you, but you've got to have a telly to watch it, right? And, and choose what you want to see. Don't be listening to the likes of them, BBC, these fake news people, I'm telling you, honest to God. I only do it to, I only do it to criticise them. Hey, listen, just before we uh, we move on, we could have spent, okay. by the way, we could have spent at least a half an hour speaking about your time in Africa, <laughs> in uh, in humanitarian aid. I would have genuinely loved to hear about that. Um, yeah. But do you want to say a quick uh, hello? You can just give a first name to our friend in Wigan who might be listening. Well, I won't give his name out. Just he's first a very name. private person. Oh, is he his missus and his little dog. They're very private people, no but worries. they've been listening now going, Oh, God, she got through. Well, we're sending, <laughs> we're, we're sending our love to Wigan. Let me ask you, by the way, Bernie, are you a rugby league lass? No, me ass. Me arse, me arse. You're not? No, you don't like it? No, okay. Well, no, Warrington is a hotbed of rugby league, you see. That's why I asked. I'm going to take no. another call, uh, Bernie. Thanks for getting through, by the way. Lovely to, oh, to speak with you. Thank you ever so much for letting me get through. And um, I would just like to tell you that uh, you make me laugh so much, lad. Honest to God, you do. I'm of Irish descent and I know the humour, but you take the biscuit and you do make me laugh. So Thanks, Bernie. Good on you. And we share, we've got that in common, you. haven't we? Liverpoolians, Warrington, up here, the Irish, we've got that in common. We see the funny side of everything. Look after yourself, Bernie. Stay in touch with us. Lovely to speak with you. That was Bernie in Warrington there. You're with the Richie Allen Radio Show. It's exactly 14 minutes past six o'clock, live from Salford, your BBG. Taking more calls till about seven o'clock. Lots of them coming through. The Go on, I'll do the jingle one more time, right, just in case you haven't got it. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Talk to Richie now. We're to the mobile phone. Caller, turn me down in the background there. Welcome to the program. Who am I speaking with? 
Oh, hi, Richie. It's Lorraine. I've spoken to you before, but a long, long time ago. You have, and you're welcome back. It's been ages, Lorraine. Welcome back to the show. I know. Um, Too long. Anyway, thank you for everything you're doing. Keeping everyone sane, I think. Um, This is sort of Michael's sort of COVID-related and also uh, illegal immigrants. Um, Now, I was on the South Coast and... uh, Near my property, there is a hotel that's been shut for the whole of lockdown. And I noticed that um, there was lots of comings and going, lots of, let's say, young males, um, ethnic younger males coming and going. And then I noticed windows open and such like. So um, there were other people in the street that were also wondering what was going on. So I, I went down there earlier and um, I, I did take my camera. I, I did film a little of it until um, a, a guy interjected. And um, basically what I gleaned from that was that um, this hotel is now being used to house, um, as the guy put it, because I, I asked whether or not it was being used to rehouse Afghans. And he, but they didn't look like Afghans to me. Um, and he said, no, asylum seekers. So I said, okay, um, right. I said, so, you know, for how long? He said, well, actually, they are here under quarantine. Under quarantine? Yes. So um, he said, but but they'll be going elsewhere. Um, now, this is a res- residential road. Yeah, some of the apartments are sublet or what have you, but they, they, these gentlemen have been hanging around outside uh, yesterday, sitting on the steps, drinking beer, etc., etc., and coming and going. There's been lots of activity. And I just thought the irony of this, so... You've got people coming into the country because they, they've come from maybe a red zone, um, British people that are having to pay exorbitant amounts of money to be incarcerated in a hotel somewhere near Heathrow. And now we've got what I can only assume are uh, the people that have come over in dinghies and they are being housed at the bottom of my road for quarantine purposes. And then, and then to be moved somewhere else to some other house. Apparently, but Apparently. I mean, who knows? And yeah. the guy that I spoke to was obviously instrumental. I mean, once he saw I was trying to talk to the guy on the door, which was pres- presumably security, and one guy that I spoke to outside, again, um, obviously not... English and he was on his phone and I asked him if he was from Afghanistan and he went no and then he said I don't speak very much English and he spoke really good English and then this guy came along and interjected he was very pleasant and I was very pleasant with him I just said you know can you can you just tell me what's going on here um, people are noticing there's lots of movement etc and um, you know, we had this conversation. It was him that imparted to me that the council, you know, knew all about it, obviously. 
uh, previously I had tried to ring the council to find out what was going on. So you've got people coming in, having to pay exorbitant sums of money to stay at some grotty place with terrible food. But we have now got these people, now whether they are asylum seekers begs the question, um, living at the bottom of the road, supposedly in quarantine. And as I left, there were three of them wandering up the road. The guy did say that he'd let a few of them go down to the beach today. Now, I'm not buying any of this COVID stuff, so... No, I know what you're saying, but... I'm fearful of spreading COVID, but... I mean, there's something so wrong. Well, it's, it's, it's obviously bullshit if, if he says they're in quarantine and then they're wandering around and they're going well, down the beach. And you make an excellent point. They've, they've, they've ruined families financially this summer by making them pay exorbitant sums of money to stay in quarantine hotels near the airports. And here we have guys who've managed to get to southern England on dinghies. And yeah. they're being sent to quarantine. They're being put up, presumably at great expense to the taxpayer. Uh-huh. And then the quarantine isn't really a quarantine because they're wandering around. And I'm going to say this, and, I, and, and I'm going to say it before you say it, and then you can say whatever you, you, you want, Lorraine. Yeah. Th- this is the thing. I am a genuine old lefty. I, like you, I don't have a xenophobic bone in my body. I do not. Here's where I say, however, the local community are entitled to know who these people are. They're entitled to know if checks have been done on these men as to their background, where they came from. Did they have any criminal records in the countries that they originated from? Were they involved in any activities? Were they involved in any, um, I don't know, Islamist extremist groups in any of these countries? That not, not to mention, of course, that those Islamist groups were funded by our government in the first place. But you're entitled yeah. to know that. Because, because we know and that many... Sorry, go ahead, are... Lorraine, go ahead, go ahead. Completely unaware of what is going on. Obviously, people are wondering. There were two guys outside their place discussing it, and I said, well, do you know what's going on? There's been no um, notification or anything from the local council, which is Brighton and Hove. Um, So nobody knows what's going on. And, you know, who knows, as you say, where they've come from. Yeah. What possibly, you know, other things, whether they've got a criminal record, whether they come in with anything, you know, I mean, whether COVID-related or not, not that I buy any of that, but, you know, with other staff, TB, who who knows? But you know what, Lorraine, can I interject? Many of these people will be coming and they won't won't be bad people necessarily. But they they will be suffering trauma. These people will have have urgent medical needs, psychological and physical. There's no doubt about that. Amongst these migrants, there will undoubtedly be some bad people. We know that there is a problem with some of these young men with regard to how they view women, um, particularly white Western women. You've got all sorts... Look, I I hate the far-right-wing racist bastards. I hate them. I don't want to sound like them. But these are genuine concerns. And you are entitled to know that every precaution is being taken with these people. But you know what? If if you or your neighbours contact Brighton and Hove local authority, you'll be called a racist. Or you're just a racist. You're you're in a catch-22. I'm not winning up as a racist person, right? But I am ringing up as a, a ratepayer um, who 
you know, expects to at least have some sort of information as to what is going on. I mean, even if we were having work done on the road, we would get notification would yeah. from the council. Yeah, we've got all these people appearing. Uh, we don't know where they've come from. As I say, they, they have been out and about. Um, and... And nobody's saying a word. And I have actually got a list of hotels because I looked on it yesterday. Uh, out um, the whole of the UK and, and which hotels are housing these people. Um, this is not on that list. And Ooh, this has been going on for some days. Um, that's interesting. It, it's, well, well, it might, it might be quarantine. We're having the absolute mickey taken out of us. We really are. Lorraine, I'm going to move on, right? Because I'm, I'm sure we'll get more calls on this. I've no doubt we will. Uh, this yeah, is I really interesting. So, but yeah. I am going to, I am going to um, share this online with, with a platform that covers this because I think people should know. They have to know they're living in a community and, you know, to be left in the dark and just second guess. No, it's wrong, Lorraine. Do me a favour. If anything is said by Brighton and Hove local authority, get back to me. And I'll tell you what I will do, because I've got to do it now. I don't have any choice as a journalist. I'll contact Brighton and Hove tomorrow. I'll, I'll email them and ask them. You know, I'll put, yeah. I'll put what you've said to me and I'll see if I get any response. But look, thanks that for... That would be wonderful. Not, would be wonderful. I'm not sure yeah, I will get a response, Richard. but I'll I did try. try to ring them today, but, you know, oh, well, this department's not yeah. open at the moment because of your staff shortages and this, that and the other. You try and get through to anyone, it's hopeless. Nightmare. Tell so, me about um, Thanks for that, Richard. I just wanted to get that out there. You've done and, well, Lorraine. Um, you said you anyway, couldn't have said it you better. you take care. Love your programme. You're very and, kind. Uh, thanks. thanks, Lorraine. Very interesting, that. Very, very interesting indeed. Hotel, Brighton and Hove. Um, people there, young men. Uh, she was told that they're there quarantining. She wasn't told anything else. She was told they're not from Afghanistan. She made an excellent point about what some holidaymakers have been subjected to coming back into the UK in terms of having to pay for their own quarantine. And also made some good points about, you know, who are uh, these people. Um, yes, that, uh, we've lost so trying to take somebody on that was trying to get through yesterday I recognise the uh, uh, the uh, the Skype thingamajig so let me do that and see can we get him on uh, it's 0161818 that's the number to call if you're calling me on the phone if you're trying to get through on Skype it's chat with Richie all one word chat with Richie now I am going to move people along quickly so please do that. Be as quick, uh, be as succinct as you possibly can. I've lots of calls. Brian, welcome back to the programme. How are you? Brian, you're on mute. Brian, you're on mute. You're on mute there. I can hear myself, but I couldn't hear you. Do you want to get it sorted? I'll come back to you. I will come back to you, by the way. I won't let you down. No, I can't hear him. There's a, there's a, there's, there's a microphone issue there. Um, let me take on... I'll come back. Caller, who am I speaking with? Hello. Welcome back. You were trying to get through yesterday and you didn't yes, get on. Yes, I was. I was absolutely, yeah. I had. Uh, I was using my phone to try and get through, but I was listening on the laptop and I didn't mute the laptop. You're here time, now, so thank God. God loves a trier. Who am I speaking with? You're speaking with David from Glasgow. David, you're a legend. Thanks for being persistent, mate. You're on. Uh, no, at all, not at all. Thanks the, for taking my call. The floor is yours, buddy. What would you like to say? Okay, so first of all, um, I'd like to ask you a question about um, a video that's come out on YouTube the other day um, about Pierce Corbin. Um, Is this the Pierce Sting video? 
Sorry? Is this the Piers Corbin Sting yes, video? Yes, it is. It is. It is. And I don't <laughs> know how legitimate it is because he did like a dirty kind of switcheroo with the envelope. But yeah. I didn't like, I wasn't kind of sure how it worked. But um, I wanted to know what you thought about it. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll try and sum it up in 15 seconds. And then I'll ask you okay. because I genuinely don't know. Um, some guys filmed Piers Corbin a few weeks back in London. Yep. They offered him... They they said that they offered Piers some money to support his anti-lockdown campaign. They said yep. that one of the one of the conditions of Piers getting the money was if he laid off a certain vaccine. Yeah, it, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it, right? And they said that he agreed to do that, um, and and that proved that he's a fraud and that he's only in it for the money. Piers yep. says that he was properly stitched up. That they. They they went away and they edited the video in such a way as to make it look like he was doing that, but that he didn't do that at all. That's what he said. I genuinely right. don't know. I've not spoken to him since. David, what do you think? I am completely unsure. I'm exactly the same boat as you. I, I It's a case of what you know and what you can prove. I really don't know. And that's really why I, I, I want to ask. Cause it's a good I'm question, really isn't it? Sure. I'll tell you what yeah, I think of Piers. I've, I've never met Piers physically, but he's been on the, the shows with me for quite a long time. He's obviously very, very bright and very, very eccentric. I mean, he's really... Of course, He yeah. defines eccentricity, Piers, in the loveliest way. He's a proper mad professor. And... Yeah. Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to think that he was genuinely stitched up. I wouldn't yeah, like to I believe. I would like to think yeah. that too because I, I agree with him on a lot of things, and I, I love all the stuff that he does about you know the the bogus climate science, and I completely agree with him on a lot of things, and that's why when I first saw it, I was like, oh no, this kind of it, it just uh, kind of set me up a bit, and I, but like you say, I, I genuinely don't know, so I can't see either way. I just wanted to know what you I'll thought. I'll tell about you what. It. I'll tell you what, David Piers is much more well known than I am. I'm a, I wouldn't put myself and Piers very well known. Piers, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm as well known as Piers. What I'll say is yeah. this. In recent years, one or two people have come to me asking me to do various things. And I've not, I've not gotten a good sense of them. I've gotten, you know, the old kind of senses have gone up, you know. Somebody has offered me money to endorse something. And then yeah. somebody else offered me money if they could start putting articles on the website. And the money was substantial enough. And the program, I, I always need support. But I'm a bit more streetwise than peers, you know. So I, yeah. I'd see that coming in and I'd be like, no, thank you, straight away. I'm not going to do that. I yeah. think he was probably stitched up. I don't think he's got a bad bone in him, you know. But that's just my yeah, opinion. I, just my opinion. Sorry, go on. No, 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 you go ahead. I just said it's my no, opinion. I, yeah, I, I do have a sneaking suspicion. Like, I, I kind of like, but I am kind of inclined to want to believe that he was stitched up just because I've been a supporter of his. So there is a bit of a bias, like a personal bias going on yeah, there. But yeah. Um, you know, I, I I don't really know for sure, but um, yeah, it's just interesting to hear. I'll tell you what like I'll do, a, David. I'll tell you what I will do. I'll balance it a little bit by saying this. I know mm -hmm. that Piers is generally, most of the time, totally potless. I know this. Yes. I, 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 and I know this for a fact because I know him personally. And uh, yeah. And he's not a beggar. He's never begged, you know, I've mentioned his yeah, website a couple yeah. of times on the show and he's thanked me afterwards. He's never been a beggar. He's not money motivated. He's broke and he gets on with being broke and, you know, so somebody said, oh, well, if he's broke, he might have gone for it. But that might have made it easier to stitch him up because they might have said, oh, we'll give you money to support your campaign. And of course, he might have jumped in with two feet then. Oh, thank God, I've got some support for uh, the well, campaign. Yeah. 10,000 so. pounds is attractive. Oh, if, for, if you've got nothing, of course it is. I'd be delighted with 10,000 yeah. pounds. I'm sure you would. But, um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> just moving off Piers, how are you with everything that's happening moving into winter there? Well, in, you in know, uh, yeah, it's a struggle as it is for everyone. You know, um, 
the more you look into it and the more you think and the more like I sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy and then sometimes if I'm watching the news a bit too much I start to think well hang on a minute and then you think no no give myself a slap in the face and think no no come on I'm on like the the so-called right side of history and all that kind of stuff but it's been a struggle um but you know um you're a young man David you sound like a young man so you're a young man uh, 26 now are you coming or have you come under pressure to go and roll up your sleeve or you don't have to answer that if you don't want not yet. No. I actually, um, I'm, uh, I work in the um, nighttime entertainment industry and uh, the type of venue that I work in, are now work in, are in Scotland are now being targeted for the vaccine passport. So I, I'm kind of expecting to come under a little bit of pressure, but um, I can tell you one thing, Richie, I will never in a million years, ever in a million years roll up my sleeve for that crap. Fair play to you, but it's rotten that you might even have to think about it. That you might even at yeah, twenty six, well, you know, kind of world that we live in, where that's even going to have to be a choice now. Um, but when, I, when I was twenty six, David, when I was twenty six, I was doing what you're doing. I was working in nighttime entertainment, and mm. the, you know, so I, I have great empathy with you. Like the idea, I, I think back, I was in uh, Muldoon's in in in, in Waterford and Merlin's nightclub and other big yeah. venues, and I loved it. And the, the thought thinking back that somebody could have said to me if you don't have an injection you're basically out of a job I've great great sympathy for you having to possibly face that yeah it's insane it's It's absolutely insane oh Jesus but maybe it won't Um, come to that maybe please (sighs) yeah we'll see and there is one more thing that I want to speak to about actually Um, you know the the Freedom Alliance Party yes yes so um Cut a long story short, um, I did some music for them. Um, I'm a music student at the moment, and uh, I designed, uh, produced some music for them. And it was all through, you know, happenstance and all sorts of circumstances and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But long story short, um, I made some music for them, and I kind of sent them like a sort of couple of portfolio pieces for their uh, party broadcast. And then um, they said, oh, we like that music. And uh, I didn't expect them to like the portfolio pieces. I just thought, well, I was sending them something I was capable of. And uh, they decided they wanted to use that particular piece. So I said, that's great. So I sent them and like a sort of proposed agreement and drew up an invoice and stuff. And then they went ahead and used the music without my permission and without paying me, without my agreement, without my sort of um, any sort of permission for me. And uh, it went out on BBC Wales twice uh, in prime time. And uh, I'm still owed some money from that. And uh, I just wondered if you could like open a dialogue between me and the party about that. Or um, well, I, I, it's, I, it's I, I will. Of, uh, I mean, you're talking about the, the, the Scottish branch of it, basically. You, you must. No, 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 no. It's the well, it was the Welsh. Oh, the well, excuse me. Wales, of course, the Welsh one. Um, who did I have on? I had a couple of people on from. Freedom Alliance in the last few months. I will. I'll put it out to them. Well, I have no choice now anyway because you've dropped me in it, David. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to drop you. But in you it, bloody well knew what you were doing. You're no, you're no sicko. You knew what you were doing. Look, they deserve, they, they, <laughs> they deserve right of reply. I'll put it to them. I'll say that you've asked me to ask okay. them about it. You, look, you've given I your really, version of it. I they might have a totally different version. They might say to me, "Oh, that David is might, full of shit." We spoke to him on thing, the phone. I didn't I don't yeah. want to go after them, you know, in a legal sense or anything, because I, I assume it's just one person that didn't, you know, there's, there's like a miscommunication there or whatever. Like, I didn't want to do it all sort of cloak and dagger. I just wanted to get out in the open and, and make sure that 
it was all, you know, all above board. I was looking um, forward to like, a Friday off now, yeah. Because I respect Bastard, now I've got to go and... I respect the message. I respect I, what they're doing. Fair know, enough. It. You support what they're doing. You agree with them. Yeah. You yeah, believe you're owed an invoice paying and I'll definitely ask about that on your yeah, behalf. I no, I, I will. I will do that. And uh, uh, what you need to do in the meantime is um, send me a message through my website and I'll pick it up so I'll have your email. So I'll be able to correspond okay. with you through a private uh, email so, address. Uh, how would I do that? Just go on the forum or is it... No, do it through where it says contact, on the contact on the website, where it says contact. Right. Just send a message and I'll Perfect. look for it tomorrow and I'll ask them to right. give me a right of reply and to open a dialogue with you. Fantastic, fantastic. And just before I go, could I do like a shameless plug? No, after dropping me in it, what's it for that you want to plug? <laughs> no, okay, okay, okay. What, what did you want to plug? Give me an idea before I say yay I or nay. I just want to plug a bit of music. I, I'm managing, I'm managing, and and uh, some uh, guys that make some music at the moment. I just uh, you want to plug the band? If, uh... Sorry, you wanted to plug the band? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a band. It's like more electronic music. Give them a plug, then go on. Okay, uh, so uh, it's an electronic trio called Badger Clan. Badger Clan, right, okay. Yes, Badger Clan, all one word. Go on the socials, it's on SoundCloud, it's on Instagram, it's on Have Twitter. Have a listen to them. Um, electronic music, I'll, I'll send you a link as well when I send you a message. I um, like a bit but, of electronic um, music. I like, so uh, Badger Clan, I will check them up, uh, check them out. Send me that message through the website so that I can ask okay. uh, I, uh, the Freedom Alliance Party uh, to open a dialogue with you. I, I'll give you my word, I will do that. Fantastic. I really appreciate that, Richie. No worries, really. mate. Nice to meet you, David. Thanks for that. That's David there. Um, the, the Pierce Corbin thing, look, I'll be accused now, oh, Richie, you're giving Pierce Corbin a pass. Not giving anybody a pass. I'm not saying that he's guilty or not guilty. Malud. Malud. I don't know. I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt. I've explained before, I've said it tonight, I get asked to do things by people and sometimes I get a bad feeling about it. You know, over the years, not every month or every week, but from time to time, somebody gets involved. Oh, I'd like you to do something, Richie. Would you turn up to something and, and give a talk? And I look for these people. And I don't see that they're connected to anybody that I know. And I get a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, the old dodgy, the old antennae come up or the antennae or antennae, whatever it is. So I don't know about Piers. I think he's a good lad. We'll get him on again. We'll ask him. He's probably tired of talking about it now. 23 minutes to the top of the hour. Back to the phones. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? It's Stephen Ritchie. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Stephen. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on. Thank you very much. Um, I'm a, a joiner living in Northern Ireland. Uh, county Down is the county I live in. Um, Ritchie, I've been listening to your show for... Um, quite a while now. Um, my friend at work, a Brickie, recommended you and uh, yourself and Vernon Coleman helping to waken me. Oh, brilliant. Give, the, say thanks. To, to, thank your friend, Stephen. Give your friend a good thanks for us, um, for, for putting you uh, uh -huh. by, by the show, mate, yeah. Uh, a couple of things, Richie. <clears throat> I'd like to make one com uh, statement and then I'd like to suggest something that you might, con uh, you might consider doing on your show. The first comment is, I've noticed over and over again a number of your callers say, we don't have a TV. Yeah. I don't have a TV, and I believe that, is, that has helped me uh, not to be influenced by the media. When did you give it up, Stephen? When did you drop the telly? Well, we didn't really give it up for any particular reason, other than my wife and I thought it was a great waste of time 
Now, we, we do have Netflix and we'll watch what we want to watch, uh, videos and series on, on Netflix, but as far as the TV, the number of repeat programmes, the, the waste of time, waiting, sitting waiting in the evening for something good to come on. Um, and that that's my basic comment. The number of times I've heard your, your guests saying, oh, we don't have a TV, and I think that is a, has a big factor on why so many people are happy to comply with all the government dictates. You're right, by the way. It has been said quite a few times, hasn't it, by people, that they've just gotten rid of it or switched it off entirely. And you're endorsing that. I didn't say to you, I'm a first-time caller, Richie, and I appreciate you having me on. I tried tonight, uh, just on the off chance that I might get through, and thank you for taking my call. No, I'm delighted. The other comment is, uh, on one of your programmes quite a while ago, you mentioned that you would be interested maybe in getting someone to give a spiritual perspective of what's happening in the world at the moment. Yeah. I'm a born-again Christian, and uh, sometimes I find it hard to recommend your program to other church-going friends because you have a, wee, you have a habit of using a wee bit of... Um, the blasphemy. The Jesus this. And, the blasphemy, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I the the saviour of, savior of the independent, uh, independent media. Yeah. Um, I, I do appreciate what you do, and I, I believe that you're helping thousands of, of people th- uh, throughout the, the world. Do you know? Can, so I, can, I, I, can, I, can I? I would. I would suggest. There's one um, minister um, that I've been listening to. He, he has a very, very good uh, on on YouTube. A very good. Um, Got me pen. Video on the new world order. Uh, his name is Keith Malcolmson. Malcolmson. Keith Malcolmson. He's a, yeah. a minister from Limerick. You're part of that. You're. South of the border. I'm north of the border. I'm a Mexican, that's right, yeah, absolutely. Yes, the place where it always rains, Limerick. <laughs> <laughs> where it does always rain there. Keith if you Malcolm's want Angela's ashes, that's what you'll Oh, what that was believe. grim. That um, was grim. So I would suggest him. There was another young man, I can't remember his name, um, I received a, fr- uh, a video from um, a friend the other day, <clears throat> and she sent me a video of this young man that has uh, put a document together. He's... Um, he works in IT and he looks at risk. Uh, uh, the website is www.alltherisks.com. I'd suggest that document to you. To you, I'm just going to pull up here and see if I can find his name. All the risks. His name is Jonathan Weissman. Uh, he's a born-again Christian living in Northern Ireland, although he's originally from London. And he has... Uh, try to give some advice to church leaders or church leaders are, are are not really in my opinion leading their flock leading their their church leading their their the men and women that are that are under them uh, they just want to comply with um, the government rules and regulations they just want to make sure that all the t's are are, are crossed and all the i's are dotted um, did that surprise you Stephen? The church's compliance with everything. Did that surprise you? You know, I, 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 have been asked, I, I agreed to stay away from where I normally worship uh, because um, they were not happy with me sitting in wearing, without wearing a mask. I, I refuse to wear a mask. See, I'm a joiner. If there's a really dusty bit of work that I've got to do, I'll wear a mask to protect my lungs from dust. But uh, we all know how, how effective masks are. They're not for not for a not for a virus. No. So um, I agreed to stay away until it was safe uh, to come back without wearing a mask, and that's about a year on. And I'm, I I've started attending a little local uh, church who don't 
um, are, are not concerned about me sitting without a mask on, although I am probably one of the only ones. You're one of the only ones there that isn't wearing one. Yes. People are still wearing them. But I, I, that's the point that I'd like to make. I'll not keep you back any longer. Um, I, I said what I wanted to say. Uh, Keith Malcolmson, I, I'd love for you to have a Christian leader on, a minister or a, or a, a rector, giving a, a Christian perspective, not just quoting the yeah. Revelations passage. Well, I make a promise. I make a promise, Stephen. have a mark that, and we can't buy and sell without it. I will reach out to Keith Malcolmson and I will invite him on the programme. That's an absolute promise. I'll see can I get him on next week sometime. Okay, well, I'm thank equally you very fascinated. much for taking my call. I'll let someone else on and it's really great what you're doing. Thank oh, you. It's, it's lovely to speak to you, Stephen. Thanks I'm for bet. coming on. You too. Bye, Bye for now. Bye. Lovely there. Stephen in down there. Stephen is a joiner and uh, giving us his perspective. He's a born-again Christian. And uh, he, he had a little pop at me for the blasphemy. It's not the first time I, I do, and I, and I don't. By the way, I've got very thick skin. I do get emails from people from time to time who are uh, Christians, and they're sincere Christians. And I will sometimes say Jesus, or I will say, you know, I, will, I might say Jesus Christ in, in, in exasperation. And I've been asked not to do that. And I do sometimes write back to people and say, look, you say blasphemy, I, I don't see it as being blasphemy or being disrespectful. I don't mean it. It's just part of my makeup. And, you know, I don't make any promises. Either way that I'll, you know, try and not do it. But that's not because I'm arrogant. I totally respect people saying that they, they're a bit put out by that. But, but I also don't mean it in a negative way. I don't mean it in a bad way. Um, Seraphima was trying to get on the programme. And um, I'm hoping to get Seraphima on. Uh, because missed several calls. In fact, there's a backlog of about 15 calls in the system. You are with uh, the... Something going on there now. Something very strange. What's going on there? I hope the system hasn't frozen on me. Um, I'm hoping it hasn't. Uh, let's see. Tell you what I'll do. Here's the sting. If you want to get through to me, there's still time. 15 minutes to go. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Yes, it's exactly 16 minutes or thereabouts to the top of the air. This is the Richie Allen Radio Show, Thursday's programme, the 23rd of September 2021. It's been a good old week on the show. What I mean by that, it's, it's, been, it's gone smoothly. <laughs> for me, anyway, it's been a smooth week, mostly. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I won't do that. I won't get into that at all. There's a problem here now. People are trying to get through and I can see the calls, but I'm not able to take them. I think there's an issue. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to shut the system down. No, I don't need to do that. I think, I think we might have connected with Seraphima. How are you doing, Seraphima? Now, I'll need to ask you to turn me off in the background so that we can have a chat. Just turn me down, and then you, you and I can have a chat. I think it is Seraphima, is that right? How are you doing? Where are you calling from? Something going on there now. I wonder, has she muted herself? It's telling me there's a poor connection at the moment. It's a Skype call. Let's see, can we get there again? Seraphima, are you there? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm well, Richie. It's uh, ah, the connection is terrible. Yeah, the connection is dreadful. Tell you what, I'm going, I'm going to drop that call from from Seraphima, not to be rude, and I'm going to sign out and sign back in and see can we do it. 
again. And in the meantime, I might take a quick tune there while we do that. You're with the Richie Allen Show, uh, the one and only, live from Salford here in the great, great city of uh, of, uh, of of Greater Manchester. Going to take a tune and reconnect there, the system, and hopefully get Seraphima back on. And there are two or three mobile calls trying to come in as well. Everything just went a bit pear-shaped there for a moment. It's very sophisticated technology, you know. And it can be a bit temperamental. Uh, this is ACDC then. And uh, you shook me all night long. I'll try and get two more calls in before we wrap it up today. Now I'm going to try and reconnect with Seraphima. I hope that the connection is better than it was. Good evening. Uh, it's dreadful. You know You know what I think is happening? I think where Seraphima is based, I think the internet speed is not great. I think that's what's happening. And that's really a shame because I like the fact that we've had plenty of ladies tonight. Thursdays, ladies night on Thursday. We've had a few ladies, which is nice because it's often, it's often more, it's often more guys getting through. Listen, we're back to the, oh, Jesus, we're back to the mobile phone then. Caller, welcome. Who am I speaking with? Uh, Rich, it's Jacob. Jacob, how are you doing? Welcome. Very well, thank you. Nice to have you on, yes, my friend. Where are you calling from? Yes. Calling from London. I was on before. Not for a while, though, am I right? I spoke about the, you know, my uh, experience in Uganda with these... Uh, you did indeed. You did indeed. That was, uh, that was some time ago. Welcome back, my friend. Um, if you can be as quick as you can, I'm going to try and take another call in before seven. Over to yeah, you, Jacob. What would you like to a, say? I, okay, I have a friend who uh, has another friend who actually works from the big pharmaceutical manufacturer, the vaccine manufacturers. And his friend called in one day and he said, look, I'm really scared. I'm in the lab. I'm really scared. And he said, look, I'm working on this vaccine. He said, what we've discovered is that this causes people cancer, gives people cancer. And my friends said, well, what, you know, why are you so worried for this? I'm terrified about this. So, so what happened was that he spoke to his superiors and they just kind of like shrugged it off. So I thought it might be a good... Uh, guess we have on and talk about this. Oh, connect him to me, certainly, uh, Jacob. Yeah, ask him to get get to me through the website. I look for yeah, his email and, I, and I'll make contact with him. Of course, we'd, we'd like to talk with him, yeah. Yeah, he's a very interesting and very uh, intelligent person. Yeah. So and, he'd be a good guest to have on. And he's not concerned at all, is he, about talking about this, no? No, no, he's not concerned at all, no. 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 He's, a, he's been quite a walk guy for about 20 years, this person. I've known him for around about that time as well. Where's it all going, Jacob? It's a, it's a very broad uh, not, question, not, that. It's a very broad... What I mean by that is, is, is there any light at the end of this tunnel? Because it's looking pretty grim at the moment. Well, as you say, they plot and plan, but the best of planners is God, so we don't know, do we? Just, just concerning for the kids and grandkids, isn't it, really? At the moment, isn't it? With them beginning to jab the kids in secondary schools now, and that's going to ramp up next week. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, that, that's it. My, I was asking my daughter today. She's just started sixth form. If uh, she got a letter yet, but she hasn't got the letter yet. Sixth form, so she's uh, she's nearly twelve then, or she is twelve, or thereabouts. No, sixth form. She's seventeen, sixteen now. Oh, excuse me, sixth form, right? Se- se- second yeah. secondary level, so she's sixteen. What does she think, Jacob? What has she said? She's not taking the vaccine, and I spoke to her about it, and I said to her, "Look, you need when they come to you and say, why don't you want the vaccine?'" And you just say, I don't want to take it. And you say, it's dangerous. They're going to say, well, here's these scientific facts here. This doctor's saying, this doctor's saying that. So you need to know these things. You need to counteract it. So I said, you know, from peer pressure as well. But she said, oh, my friends, they're not going to take it either. Fantastic. Her friends are also saying they're not going to do it. 
I've got a pry now. I've got, I've got a pry. What, what about the missus? How, how does she feel about it, the vaccine for the daughter? No chance. Never. We, 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 we gave, uh, gave Mel's daughter one, one single vaccine, only the measles vaccine. When you can get single ones, we took for the measles vaccine to Harley Street. And that cost £80. But then they stopped, they stopped giving the single vaccine. They, they dropped it. And then they dropped it. Fantastic. And the little one, no, no vaccines at all, none, none whatsoever. No allergies, no breathing problems, no food allergies, no, nothing at all. No, no illnesses, nothing serious, nothing at all. Totally healthy. Totally healthy. No vaccines equals totally healthy, robust immune Definitely. system. Brilliant, brilliant, doubt. brilliant that you and the wife are on the same page. I, I feel very yeah. lucky myself in that sense that my better half and I are on the same page. Difficult last night listening to Darren, who's obviously got problems with, um, you know, his wife is not on the same page. I, I, I think we're fairly lucky in that respect, Jacob. Definitely. It can be quite it can be quite overbearing if you spend too much time looking into this. Yeah. It can take over your thoughts and get you starting really negatively. Listen, get your mate to get through to me, get to get to me through the website, won't you? And I'll get on to that. I will do. Just look for my name, Jacob, in my email when, when I send it to you. Okay? Will do, buddy. Listen, thanks for getting all back right, in touch. Rich. Not at all. Lovely to speak to you there, Jacob. Uh, been a long time since Jacob was on. I'm really disappointed we couldn't get Seraphima on. Uh, but look, we'll, we'll, we'll try again in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the next phone in. I'll make it me business. Uh, Stephanie was trying to get through. Let's see if we can get Stephanie on. And that will probably wrap it. It's been pretty busy. It's flown by as well. They always do. Stephanie, you were trying to get through. How are you? No way. You're through. You're on. You're on. I can see you. It's radio. I don't need to see you. You look well. You look well there. Where are you, Stephanie? Uh, Yeah, can you see me on the cam? Amazing. Yeah, you're on. I can see you through the cam. Where are you in the country? Uh, North Lincolnshire. Ah, lovely. Lovely part of the world. You're on. And we've got about five minutes. Lovely to meet you, by the way. What would you like to say? Lovely to meet you too. You're an absolute legend. Um, Way out of it to listen to you keep us all going Richie can't thank you enough oh you're very welcome uh, Stephanie I remember I know you're not a big fan of the column UK column that's not that it's one or two people there I think have been very they've taken liberties with the truth over the years they're alright they do what they do I do what I do go ahead yeah, Stephanie it's, it's all consuming with UK column I find it sometimes quite hard to digest it all but um what was I going to say? Yeah, they brought up an issue about sign language interpreters, and so did um, Max Max Egan. Yes, he did, didn't he, Max? Yeah. yeah. It's been really interesting. My, uh, I'm, so I'm a professional sign language interpreter, uh, work between deaf and hearing people, translating between uh, English and uh, British sign language. And uh, obviously, we've seen all these interpreters all over the world, side by side with the presidents, like translating information, and we're the only country, England... Who, who doesn't provide a sign language interpreter for live briefings. Why? Does, has anybody asked why? Has anybody... So there's been a recent court case that's just gone through and essentially they've won. However, the way the verdict's worded is a bit strange, but essentially they've won. The government's discriminating against deaf people by not providing them with information in their first language. Well, obviously, uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, that that putting that aside, um, so Max Egan and UK Column were saying how uh, uh, they're going to need all this sign language because everyone's going to be forced to wear masks, so all the deaf people will be screwed. So it was all part of the conspiracy, if you know what I mean. Like so, they were like, oh. So what do you think of that? Incredible. When you hear that um, take on it, what do you think? You get you get so far, and every everything's a conspiracy, isn't it? Yeah. 
from a professional perspective. Um, well, you'd be quids in. <laughs> you'd be quids in. I'd be asking you to teach me how to teach sign language if, uh, yeah, if they were right. I'd be referring you to some uh, excellent deaf people who'd be able to do that for you, sir. Tell me this, it, Stephanie. Why did you learn uh, sign language? Was, was there somebody in the family who was deaf? My older sister, yeah. She's three years older than me, so we've always... We've Marvelous. always signed in our family, yeah. And that so 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 you did it for for practical reasons. Then you got into teaching it. So the so the guys I don't, I don't teach it. I translate. Excuse it. me, I'm, I'm an idiot. You said translate. You translate. That's right. Excuse me, you translate it. So the guys think that we'll be masked up so much in the future. Communications <laughs> are going to break down that we might need to learn sign language. Well, yeah, potentially that could be. Yeah, that could be it. I've heard stranger and things. People desperately need the sign language because they'll no longer be able to lip read people. Yeah. Oh, it's really sad. I don't know if I go along with that. I mean, Max, well, I've all the time in the world for Max. I, I, don't, I don't know, really. That's a bit mad, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> hey, listen, you, you, you'll know because you, you've said that you do listen to this programme. They've, um, educational authorities or educational bodies, they have been saying that the mask wearing has contributed to a real problem with young, you know, preschool children and primary school children their, their their development has been hindered by all of this. Is that yeah, something that you'd go along with? Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's also, if you think about it, deaf children, 90% of them are born to hearing parents and a lot of those hearing parents don't sign with them. So the right? only immersion in their language they get is when they're around the peers or they're in education with staff who can sign. So you, not only are you robbing them of of their education, you're robbing them of that like really important social time that they have with the peers feeling equal in the same language and the same culture, you know? And do you think parents are aware of this, Stephanie? Do you think they know that it's really problematic for their children? Hearing parents, bless them. I think they'd, they'd probably, most of them, if you gave them the time, they'd love to learn sign language to the kids, but it's not, it's not promoted. So early intervention for deaf children is newborn hearing screening. And then as soon as they get diagnosed with being deaf, they say, oh, put a cochlear implant on them and don't teach them to sign. And they, right. they, they develop as almost inferior hearing people because it's, it's not a cure. Now, you're a translator, not a teacher. If I get that wrong again, you'll kill me. You'll come through the screen. <laughs> you're a translator. Is there a funding issue with, with, um, with sign language? In, well, there's a funding issue with everything, isn't there, with, uh, with government spending? I mean, are there enough, you know, if parents, if parents give birth to a child who is deaf, is, are the resources there for parents to learn the sign language? No. No, there's no resources. And I mean, there might have been some funding schemes, but if there are available, they'll be few and far between. But the, the, the fact that the government, I don't know, they wanted to, like for deaf people in generally, they want to cut the services, they want to make it cheaper. Uh, like deaf people certainly aren't prioritised by the government, let alone hearing parents with deaf children who need the language. So... Yeah. And I, I'm sorry to drop you in this. I don't expect you to know this, but what percentage of the population do we think might be deaf? Uh, Eight million people. Is it is it eleven million now? Sorry, eleven million people in the UK suffer from some degree of hearing loss. Obviously, as we get older, it's sometimes you know it happens to a lot of people as they get yeah. older. Yeah. But profoundly deaf BSL users, because the data collection is so poor, because there's no real investment in like researching deaf people and deaf populations and this grassroots culture um i think there's only recorded between 90,000 and 250,000 sign language users in the uk that's very low some of them will be hearing though they won't all be deaf yeah yeah 
And so if you look at, if you think of those numbers, there's only um, 1,500 interpreters in the UK and only a thousand of us, I think, roughly are qualified. Do, do you know, there's quite a few comments coming in about there not being an interpreter at the at the Downing Street briefings. I'm do you a think bit... because Boris Johnson's terrified that if they delivered the true meaning of his words, it would just look ridiculous. Wouldn't it be hilarious, wouldn't it? I mean, if, you, if they asked you to do it and you're standing there and they're lying through their teeth and you tell the truth, of course, the problem is only people who understand sign language will will get it. That's the thing. But there's not... No, I don't think so. Not with that buffoon. You'd have to really put it on. Proper idiot, yeah. I mean, did, uh, look, we know that these people don't have any real power anyway. But the idea, I mean, if anybody ever needed to understand how powerless people like Johnson are, just to hear him referencing Kermit the Frog and and uh, and, and Muppet Show songs at the UN General Assembly, I think they're doing that to laugh at us for being stupid enough to believe it, you know, laughing in our faces. But I could be wrong. What do I know, ultimately? I think all countries in the world are being headed. There's a few puppets, aren't there? I mean, America's not doing very well either with regard to leadership. No, this so, guy This guy looks like, yeah. From a lot of other places. Absolutely, Stephanie. Listen, we're, I'm just going to close the programme. I'm glad you got through. That's really, really interesting what you said. Hey, Richie, I'm buzzing. Like, I literally can't believe it. I've n- I, I didn't even think about calling you. I just thought, I'm going to try and call Richie tonight. Be nice to catch up with you again because you've got a lot to say about that subject. I think it's interesting. We should be talking about it. So, and I do mean that. So, uh, look, I, I'm delighted to meet you, Stephanie. Sincerely, have a yeah, have a brilliant Thank weekend. You. Thanks a lot. You. Wonderful. Thank Thanks, Stephanie. Bye. That's Stephanie. Um, I think she said North Lincolnshire. I think, um, coming into us there. Yeah. I, is why didn't I notice that? Because when Drakeford was giving the briefings in Wales and Sturgeon was giving the briefings in in Edinburgh, at Holyrood, there there was always a, a somebody signing, present. Why didn't I not see that? Look, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm the most observant person in the world, but I should have noticed that. Yeah, it's funny what she said. Wouldn't it be funny if, if the person asked to do the signing knew that it was a pile of shite, basically, and started signing the truth? Right, that's it. Thanks to Stephanie and to all the callers. Thanks for listening today and this week. I'll speak to you next on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock UK time for Sunday morning melodies, which is totally different. I'll be playing a few tunes, raising songs and stories. You know the way it goes. Until Sunday then, you have a fantastic weekend. From the BBG, take care of yourselves and one another. Going out with this from Michelle Gale from EastEnders fame and all of that. Talk soon, bye.